0: Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherds Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching.
1: Hey, but we're going to get back into before you guys start throwing hands. Okay, so let's get our Bibles out. We're going to Matthew 6. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week in that video from 10 years ago. Um, And really, this particular section that we're going into is a continuation of that from last week. Because prayer and what we're talking about today as far as fasting really uh, go hand in hand. And so they really could go together. But I think, one, there's just so much to cover within it. And secondly, uh, especially with fasting, I think it's a lost... Uh, to a certain extent, a lost art within the church. It's a lost uh, source of power within the church that a lot of us are not familiar with, or maybe if you've been around here for a while, or if you did have a church tradition in the past that covered it, um, maybe it wasn't done in such a way that um, went deep. But quite frankly, for a lot of us, we just never even heard about fasting. I I grew up um, in the Baptist uh, churches and um, it just wasn't something that we covered. I didn't really start looking into fasting until I was probably about my mid-30s. So um, it's definitely something I want to keep, make sure we keep on our radar and, and look at. So, so let's dig back into the scripture here um, and make sure that we are fully understanding and also exploring and experiencing it because not only is it a powerful tool, it's an expected thing that Christ expects for us to be doing in our life that many people are missing. So I'm going to start reading verse 16. We'll just read a few verses and then we're going to go from there. Uh, Jesus says, after he's talking about prayer, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. One of the things I I really haven't hit on in the last couple of sections, but I want to make sure we hit it now before we leave it. Did you see how Jesus started that paragraph? When you fast it is the same way when he started prayer. When you pray, do this, don't do this. When you are generous there's an expectation that we are fasting. So it's a major crisis if the church is forgotten about fasting. This is a group of people, the Israelites, the Jewish, the first church, they, fasting was a normal practice for them. And it's not necessarily something we embrace today. So it's a highly, highly imperative that we understand fasting, when we fast, how do we fast. Uh, and be able to dive into that more and more because of the expectation, because we love Christ and we want to do what he calls us to do, as well as the door that it opens between us. So with that, we're going to start um, with the basics, and then uh, we're going to go through some more examples. I, mean, well, I just want to talk about, again, what is it, when is it, how do you... Uh, and then there's three particular areas that I want to apply it to that we haven't before that feels like God is raising up in this particular season. Uh, the first one will be somewhat recap. Um, second one has a great potential to make somebody mad at me. And then the third one, I think, has great power. Well, all of them do. But nonetheless, I just give you something to look forward to as we get into it. So are we ready? Note-takers, this is a note-taker week, man. There's a lot lot of stuff you can write down. Uh, usually if I repeat something twice, it's because it's a hint That's a good one to note, note down since I'm not putting a lot of it on the screen. So let's talk about what is fasting. A lot of us, again, have different backgrounds in it, so let's start just from scratch, just kind of wipe everything off the page and start from scratch. Um, but fasting, depending on if you're looking at in the Old Testament or the New Testament, has different uh, understandings, different purposes, somewhat close but also separately defined. In the Old Testament... Uh, before Christ came, from a law-based perspective, uh, you're going to see usually people are fasting to um, humble themselves in a repentant way looking for forgiveness. Kind of like they did if they sacrificed sacrificing a dove or on a lamb or whatever the case would be, it was a repentant act. That's not what it is today. There, there are people I know that uh, have tried fasting because of guilt in the, they can be soothed. They can be uh, draw closer to God, and He can help them with that. But it's not a forgiveness technique. It is um, simply fulfilled from that standpoint. Again, the heart of the law is still there, but the fulfillment is uh, for sacrifice. for forgiveness is Christ, and so it's just a matter of us accepting and living by that and following Him. Um, so that's not why we fast today. Fasting can have uh, different purposes and different. Definitions, but the one that I like as far as for the, new, the um, new Testament age or the church age, that period of time between Jesus ascending and Jesus coming back again for us, uh, is the, and I'll give credit uh, this is Nelson Susie. Uh, it's defined loosely, the one I'm using today, is abstaining from something, usually food, in his definition. abstaining from something, usually food, for spiritual purposes. Okay, staying from something, usually food, for spiritual purposes. It's basically giving up something to focus on God more. It's basically giving up something to create a hunger, so that you have uh, translate that hunger into driving closer into Him. So, for those who have been around for a while with us, um, you know, we talk about fasting a lot around Lent time, that period of um, time that it's not biblically commanded that you do Lent. It is a practice based on these teachings here where we prepare ourselves for the the Holy Week celebration, Uh, and you know that a lot of us give up different certain things, and when we miss that thing, we have a hunger for that thing, we say, oh yeah, that's the reminder to draw closer to God. That's the reminder to take this time of whatever I gave up and just be in prayer, or be in study, or get godly counsel, or just to really focus on whatever this particular fast is about, because every fast is about something. And there are different reasons why you might, you might be drawing closer to God, you might be seeking His will and His direction, you might be uh, just not feeling intimacy, you don't feel like your prayers, are moving forward, next thing that's a, that's a great time for fasting because the way I look at it in many ways, whatever the reason, is um, prayer is the conversation And fasting is when you're saying, time out, I really want to go deep on this. Uh, My son uh, arrived in Ohio last night at midnight. He's down at his grandma's house. Uh, And so we're going to be seeing him throughout the week. And my son and I, we we, we talk and we text and we're in each other's lives and and everything that we go through. Uh, But there's something about when he sacrifices a week of work, because that's what he's doing. There's no one to back up for him, so he just kind of shuts down takes the drive with the kids to Ohio to have focused time with his mom's family and with our family. It's, uh, it's beyond just talking over the phone or just talk, talking through text or whatever the case may be. Emily and I see each other all the time. Uh, but it's very special to us and it's important to us to have daughter uh, da- like daddy and daughter dates because there's something different with just the two of us and we're doing something together and we're laughing and we're joking outside of the norm. When Jenny and I have a date night, to be able to have that focused time outside of just passing each other and talking and communicating and sending emails back and forth, that's a a special time uh, where you go deeper. That's what fasting is when it comes to your prayer life. We talk to God all the time. He wants to hear from us all the time. But there are times, there are moments when we say, hey, can we just cut everything else out? Or cut this out? And just really manage into a time where it's just you and me, because I really need this time with you, Daddy. I really need to hear from you, Daddy. That, that's what, what fasting is. Um, it helps us prioritize what should be prioritized. You know, like a lot of times, like we've talked in the past, uh, kind of a rule of thumb on, you know, what should matter and if things are in the proper place is if you, you find yourself saying, you know, I'd, I'd love to go to uh, the Thursday night home group you know, with Mary and Angie uh, tonight, but, you know, we always have to be cautious of whatever comes after but. Because there's real reasons, there's real things that come up that are acceptable, and there's other things that really aren't if things are in the right priority. You know, if I, I just got to see the latest episode of Obi-Wan, which, hey, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good excuse, right? But it's not more than me to stop it. Um, <laughs> but the... Uh, so, so, it helps us prioritize, like, okay, if this is something that really has, it seems like it has a, a bigger hold in my life than it should. Is that something I should give up and put God in that place and, so that I can learn and I can be focused and I can be tuned? Uh, hopefully, like, as we're talking about these things, it's, um, it's also what your appetite of, wait, maybe there's more to fasting than what I thought. Or maybe God can do more with fasting than what I thought. Or maybe there's a lot more than what I was raised with. Now, uh, while we're going through some of the things that it is, and again, there's a lot of bullet points this week. So if you uh, don't get them all down, let me know, and I'll email. Uh, you have to email me. Don't tell me at the church. I'll never remember. And I'll email you the notes. But uh, there's good things to know what fasting is not um, as well. Fasting, uh, one, is not an outdated procedure. It's not something of the fourth century church or the Old Testament and doesn't really have any application to our lives. I think you probably already know that already, but just to state the obvious, uh, it's not something we do casually. And I want to explain that to one out because when people first start with fasting, I see them um, stumble in this area and don't even realize they're stumbling in that area. Let's um, let's say you decide you're going to fast from uh, chocolate. So you're a big chocolate nut, and you're going to let that, that hunger or that missing that, be your, your trigger to leaning into God more, which is great because when we lean into God, he does what? Leans into us. It's just biblical promise. It's just what God tells us. Uh, and you're going to do that for, I'll oh, say you're doing it for Lent. You're doing it for the 40 days. And then after about a week and a half, we're talking, and you say, you know what? i went met without chocolate this entire time until yesterday. And I just, I just had to have the talk. I just was so dying for, I just had the talk. But I did a week and a half better than I ever did before. And I'm sure God understands. Uh, don't do that. You're making a commitment to sacrifice before God, saying I need you, so I'm sacrificing to draw close to you, so you draw close to me. It's not okay. It's not something where you should beat yourself up and God's gonna strike you with thunder. But if I was on the internet too much and my wife was saying, hey, I, we don't have enough time together, I said, you know what, I'm going to stop doing the internet for 40 days, just so we can have that time together. And then a week later, like, but let me just check on this real quick. She's going, to be, like, Yeah, you know, that's, that's not honoring my wife, and it's not honoring God. If you're going to commit, make sure you count the cost up front, make sure it's going to be something that hurts, and then lean into it and do it. Um, don't do a light fast don't do your life faster, how I'm defining that is uh, basically this. Don't give up something that you really won't miss. I mean, it, that's what's the point if you're not going to have something that creates that hunger? If, if you say, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm not going to do any math, and you don't like math? <laughs> you know, it's like, what? What's what, if Jenny says, hey, we need more time together, and you read way too many books, I say, you know what? No, she doesn't say it. She just says, we don't spend time. I tell you what, I'll give up reading books for the next two weeks. She's like, you don't read books. <laughs> there's no love. There's no sacrifice there. There's no real commitment there. So don't do a life fast. Uh, don't fast to lose weight. Uh, I mean, less if it's like a doctor thing. I'm talking about spiritual fast here. Uh, don't fast to lose weight. If you lose uh, weight due to a fast as a side benefit, that's fine. It's not evil. But if you're like, yeah, I'm just going, I'm going to give a pizza because I got to lose weight anyways. You're not fasting, you're dieting. That's not that's not a fast. Uh, don't do that, and don't do. And I I put it on here. I I, I don't think we're at a place, or some people are out a place, to really worry about this as much as the first audience. But don't don't do it for personal glory. That's a lot of the instructions that we have here. Is that him telling them how to do it in such a way that they're not like the religious leaders, they're not doing it to look pious and better than them. Uh, a couple other not things. Uh, it's not just solo. Fasting is not just an individual act. It, it, it can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but sometimes it's also community-wide. Uh, if you look at Joel 1, for an example, uh, where God says to Joel, hey, look, you're the spiritual leader of these people, and I want you to tell them we'll, I'm calling a fast. And so the leader came and said, we're all going to fast, period. Not like, hey, if you want to. You know, there there are times that that comes up. Um, Fasting can happen with a small group as well. And I I want you to think about, like, man, what would that be like? Like, let's say you actually tried this fasting thing or wanted to try this fasting thing, and you were going through a tough time, and you're talking to a couple accountability partners, just a couple brothers, a couple sisters, whatever the case may be about it, and just saying, hey, can you pray for me? I'm going to I'm going to be doing a fast uh, because this is what's going on in my life and i'm going to be praying seeking god and just pray that he answers like just how incredible would it be for those brothers and sisters to say not only we pray for you we're going to fast with you during those three days on your behalf We're, we're going to we're going to seek god on for you how empowering that is how beautiful that is as brothers and sisters in christ when we go through these trials and we're seeking god so, so I don't think it's just a, uh, it's that. And it's also not something you don't do without planning. There's a reason for the fast. What's, th- what's the reason? What is God l- leaning me to study into? How does he want me to do that? What does he call me to do within it? Make sure that we're planning as well. Wow, you guys have covered a lot so far. Here's some more. When do you fast? This one I'll go a little bit faster on. When do you fast? Again, when you need to dial up your prayer. It, so it doesn't seem like you, the prayer thing's happening. When you need direction from God where um, really you're feeling overwhelmed in life. That's your spirit telling you, hey, it's a good time to recenter and pull, pull into God. Uh, when you're going through a challenge, uh, I remember in our early, early days now, when I show you th- things about like happened at church, sometimes I wonder like, does people think our church just constantly is falling apart? Uh, there's like three big challenges we've been through in the last 15 years and a lot of the examples I, I share are from the same three challenges. Carrie can probably test her. She's lived through all of them. Scott's (laughs) around here someplace as well. Uh, But one of the the early ones, uh, I remember there was a meeting coming up, an elder meeting. Well, we didn't have elders at the time. It was the advisory team. And uh, one of the people on the team, they were just, had gotten uh, somebody else's perspective in their head and were feeling protective. So they were fighting for this person, which I respect, but it wasn't good reasons. And uh, it was very volatile, it was very emotional. And this, we knew, was going to be a big, big emotional meeting. Um, and I was younger in, in, in my faith and understanding, but I said, you know what, this seems like a good time to fast and pray. And so I spent the two days before doing that and uh, try and get my, my, just my own heart prepared for whatever came out. And it was an emotional meeting. I mean, sc- he's screaming, and he's crying, it's... P, the other, couple of people sitting there just like, oh, well, I don't know what to do and whatnot. And we had a, a, a dialogue um, working through some of the um, mistruths and misunderstandings. And I remember at one point within it, he just stopped and said, how are you not screaming? Which I'm not much of a screamer anyways. I don't remember ever really screaming in any of the meetings. But he's like, how are you not upset? How are you not crying? And I didn't know if it would be Snyder not, not to say, because there's a, a peace in the spirit that he's got this that I feel because of, because of this time I've spent with him. I don't know if that was really or not. I just, I, I don't think I really answered the question to be honest. But it absolutely was the fast because my brother was breaking. My brother was breaking. Uh, other times when you fast, when you feel like there's gotta be more to life and you just can't find it. Uh, when you ha- need a fresh anointing or a fresh encounter with Christ is a great time to, 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 to fast. If you feel like you need to deepen your relationship with God Great time to fast. There's all kinds of great, great times. Uh, and again, I'll talk about the three that's on my heart here in a little bit. Uh, and then ways to fast, the so things you can fast. Uh, we're talking with food because food does come up a lot. Uh, and there's multiple ways. But uh, just to, to give the, the main categories, there is an um, absolute fast. If you want to try an absolute fast, you're saying no food, no water, no juices, no nothing. It's the fast that Jesus did when he was in the desert with his temptation for 40 days. Uh, I do not recommend this to be your first fast, and I definitely don't recommend for it to be 40 days, because from a medical standpoint, 40 days of absolute fast equals death. You don't live that. I mean, I I don't fully understand all of how that happened with Jesus, I know he's 100% God, that's surviving, he's a 100% man, and he suffered horribly. For that fast. Um, but maybe if God's calling you to an absolute fast for a day or three days, you know, count the cost before you get into it. Uh, there is what's called a um, normal fast, or what I'm referring to as a normal fast. Normal fast is giving up the food and the water, no, food and the juices, but not water. Um, that one you can survive longer. <laughs> Isn't that coging, Melissa? You'll survive that one longer, but we'll see what happens. There's the partial. The partial is no food, but water and juices. So you have the nutrients uh, and then there's the Daniel fast um, and the Daniel fast. I won't go into all the details because I don't even know all the details, but it's modeled after uh, a diet that Daniel did in uh as part of his youth uh, to honor God that we can do today. And it's a mix of vegetables and fruits and juices and waters and everything else. Um, and there's plenty of resources. There's good books that you can have to follow that. Um, And it's supposed to be a very impactful fast for those I know who have done it. Uh, But heads up, it's one of the hardest fasts you can do. When you stop eating food and your body realizes you're not eating food, it it, kind of goes into a shutdown mode to a certain extent. Uh, Daniel Fast doesn't let your body do that. It's getting just enough for it to say, "I I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more. So, it is a pretty intense fast, from my understanding. Uh, you can fast from things, uh, which again, again can include particular foods. Uh, people fast, well, I've fasted from TV, i fasted from um, pop, I've fasted from pizza. Um, Mike Russell uh, really likes when people uh, take a time and just uh, fast secular music and just listen to worship for a season of time, it has great testimonies from that. Uh, social media, basically anything that creates that hunger, that's the trigger you're looking for. That's the trigger you're looking for. Others, relational fast. Uh, especially, I think, if you fight with loneliness and you need to get a better uh, foundation of your relationship with God so that the relationships with others have their proper place instead of something that you're seeking and that you think that you feel that you lost. A lot of times people would take and go out and, uh, you know, to the bar or get drunk or uh, go to multiple clubs or whatever the case be, trying to fill that void. Uh, it might be a good thing to say, hey, I'm not going to do that for a while. I'm not going to do that for a couple of months, um, and hopefully, you don't go back to some of that. Uh, but to, to get to get that freedom, and then look to him for that uh, solution instead of instead of other's quick uh, solutions. Um, you can you can fast uh, sex, husbands and wives. Everybody else, you shouldn't be in anyways. Right? But but husbands and wife can. But Paul talks about it in First Corinthians. That, that's a, uh, sometimes appropriate to draw close to God that a husband and wife make a mutual decision for a limited period of time, is how he phrases it, so that there's not uh, temptations opened up. But that that's appropriate sometimes. Um, another fast that you might not have thought about is uh, sabbaticals. Sabbaticals are not just something pastors do. It's something that all of us need at different times. It's basically say, I'm stepping off, period. And I'm not just like sacrificing a food to get a hunger. I'm stepping off for three days and I'm gone. You guys know I do that always in uh, January, February of each year It's part of my practice just over the focus of the church. Jenny doesn't go with me, Emily doesn't go with me. Um, I'm just focusing on prayer and my my relationship with the Lord and the the ministry of the church. Uh, When I take a six week sabbatical, it's very well planned out as a fast for particular purposes depending on what's going on that year. Uh, Sabbaticals are not vacations. I did not just come back from sabbatical. I came back from vacation. Vacation was just me being as lazy as I could do with my family and enjoying it. That's not, you know, and vacations are needed. Vacations are absolutely needed. Um, But they're not the same as sabbaticals. I do hear people say, oh, you know, I just need a sabbatical, I'm gonna take, and go to Disney World for a week. First, take me with you. Second, that's a vacation, that's not a sabbatical. The the sabbatical has a purpose, and you're leaning into God for particular purposes. Again, it's easy to see, I think, with pastors, but Jenny takes sabbaticals sometimes. So She'll go away for three days just by herself. Um, and Emily and I do a lot of McDonald's, and she goes to uh, eat out anyways. Um, none of us know how to cook. But she, she goes and just has that time with the Lord to rebuild, and she's focusing things to love things, so those are there as well. And then be creative. You've got the basic gist of what fasting is, but it's not legalistic. The heart's still there. but It's not legalistic. Take the general principles that God's using to draw you close to him for whatever season, for whatever reason, and let it be personalized with the Holy Spirit, but just do it with the plan. Okay, we all good together still? That's more classroom stuff than my normal teaching. It's more the A, Bs, and Cs of things. But um, let me give you these other three that i talked talk to you about. Um, and I will, well, you know what, let's pray. Dearly Father, I pray that you be with these next few moments. Um, they're not overly structured. They're not overly um, shaped because I just want this to be you. I just want this to be you. And I pray that uh, you wake us up and just let us fill your invitation to have a more powerful life, more intimate life, and more foundational life with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so here's the ones that, um, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the first one I kind of already mentioned, but is the... Um, Direction. Looking for God's direction in your life. If you ever had a time when you're like trying to decide if you're going to move, if you're going to get another job, or if your family has to make some kind of big decision, or whatever the case may be, fasting is beautiful for that. Beautiful for that. Uh, What you don't want to do is... Well, I was thinking about changing jobs and I got a call from this other company who wants to hire me. So that's obviously God. So I'm just going to do it. Uh, Satan can make circumstances happen just as easily as God can make circumstances happen. Uh, it is something to take note of. It's something to bring into the picture. But don't just follow what... It seems the signs are showing you God has much more than just that in your life. Uh, so how do we define God's will? We've talked about this several times, so this is definitely the recap one, where we have talked about Jesus seeking God's will at the beginning of his ministry when he was in Capernaum, right? You remember this? And he had cast out a demon uh, in the synagogue because he was causing distraction, and so people were amazed with his teaching. They were amazed with him being to have authority over uh, demons. And then um, you know, sickness and people are like just amazed at his uh, authority over sickness and demons as well. And so next thing you know, the whole town is all around Peter's house and he's just built the biggest church in the shortest amount of time ever in all, all mankind. But the next day, as the apostles were ready for day two, Jesus, after he got up and spent time with his dad, he said, you know what, I can't teach you anymore. They only care about the demons and the, 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 um, the sickness. And what I can do for them, but they're not listening to what' teaching, and I came here to teach. You remember that? And so we looked at, how did he get to that? Because most people would never do that. Uh, the first one uh, so we looked at four steps. First, he, he looked at what was going on around him, right? You get your thoughts, you get other people's thoughts. I'm doing a very small short version of this, as uh, most of you guys know this. Um, and then you take all that, put it on the altar and go to step two and say, "God, okay, this is best I've got, and this is what best people are. What do you think, though? I'm just I, I need you." and you seek him there. Third, then once he reveals it to you, you announce that vision so that you have accountability over you and follow God within it. And then fourth is prepared to build and defend the wall as Satan comes against it, okay? Uh, again, you can find that sermon. Just look up God's Will on the YouTube channel if you wanna go deeper than that. But here's my point for today. Fasting is fabulous at step two. Just fabulous. That's the perfect time to bring it into place. When you say, I'm going to set some things aside and just focus it on what God wants me to do in this situation. And maybe it's you, maybe it's you and your spouse, maybe it's you and a friend, whatever the case may be. So a lot of times, again, like we do 24-hour days of prayer and we do fasting and whatnot, it is to seek God as the church. We're in step two. We've done all the diligence we've got, and then we say, but it really has little worth compared to what you want, Daddy. So if you're going through anything where you're looking for direction or a choice, or if you have recently made, made a choice and feel confident in it, you might want to go to step two and say, wait a minute, maybe I made that on my own accord, by my own way, or my own inclinations, instead of actually ever stopping and asking, God, do you want me to do this? Is this where you're leading me? Great place for step two if you're going through some direction. Okay, so the second one I'm going to babble more on um, and I am i do not have a goal of making it neat because it's not neat. Okay, so I'm just gonna say that up front. The second one, uh, it's great fa- to fast when you are really considering what your mission is. What your mission is and how to handle that mission in this world. Uh, the first things that I, I say I think we agree with at least in thought, maybe if it's not in practice, but at least in thought. You and I, our mission is to be the ambassadors of God, period. To go out and do the Great Commission, to lead people to Jesus, baptize them, to teach each other, to obey everything he's commanded of us, discipleship, community. It all comes down to representing God in this world. Right? Are we still all good? That's our job. That's our job. And I am a firm believer that we cannot do that on a particular area, a particular topic, or a particular decision. If we don't first go to daddy and find out what he says about it, then submit my feelings about it to what he feels about it, and then teach, not just to here, but I mean any of us, wherever we're at in our mission fields, teach, share the word that he says about it, and in the way that he would do it that's got to be imperative. And I think that's usually where a lot of, uh, if we screw up, that's usually where we start screwing up because we're really quick at going with what we think or we want what we want. Okay, so we still good? Okay, so we have talked about this in some, some different examples. Uh, the one that I've shared before is like um, drinking alcohol. Again, some people believe it's sin, some that don't. We go into Romans. We look at Romans when it comes to these gray areas. I've shared that uh, again, the scripture is very clear that being drunk is a sin. I don't believe having one beer is a sin. Uh, myself, different people have different feelings. So I respect that. That's, a, that's what it's there for um, because it's not point blank within the scripture. But I've also shared, because I'm an ambassador, that I will not drink beer at Applebee's because I don't know what the other people in the bar the, the bar and restaurant would fill um, about me doing that if they know me and I don't maybe I don't even recognize them but they know I'm a Christian and for there's a highly likely uh, chance that they're going to think man what a hypocrite and I'll make them stumble Uh, they might not they might think I'm really really cool I doubt it but but you you know you know I mean but so so I don't just because I don't want to be a stumbling block the reason for that is because I want to represent daddy well still with me so I know if people are confused within George. church. Um, cussing. Cussing has been interesting here. lately. I've been hearing more conversations about people talking about is cussing uh, bad or not in this country? This is the view that they have in this area. This is what it comes from, this culture. And, they, and it's really an interesting thing to talk about. It's a really interesting thing to share. Um, but um, I don't go to Applebee's and cuss because of. Now, I should I should do this again, this is where I can annoy people, forgive me. I generally don't cuss, uh, just period. If you ever heard me cuss, it's probably what some people consider like the lesser cussing words, and it's almost, uh, I was, unless if I hurt myself, which does happen sometimes. I do have a then on that one. Uh, you know, I worked for like three hours outside and I got a blister yesterday. How do you survive that, huh? I know. Thank you. I needed that yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but generally, I don't, I don't cuss unless um, the person that I'm with or the people I'm with know my views on cussing. And then it's usually either as an emphasis or as a joke. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I'm not going to do it at Applebee's. I'm not going to do it on people I don't know that don't know my heart or whatnot. Uh, and, and the reason I'm saying Applebee's is like, literally, Monica and our family went there the other night, and I, we were talking about some stuff. I said, I guarantee you, we'll hurt the F word in Applebee's. I just guarantee you, like any mode, no matter what restaurants you go to. And sure enough, some guy's talking And so, you know, we grounded Emily. No, I'm just kidding. It was Ashton, I was just kidding. But I'll just make sure he's still awake. But, so, so that's my, my, my general view of it. Um, but no matter what my view of it is, I'm representing daddy. So I must be aware of those around me, how they're going to see it, how they feel about it. And if there's a heightened chance that they would see it as hypocrisy or see me as being less than what I should be, then I have to take that serious. Okay, so another, another example. Okay, this is the messy one. Roe vs. Ray just got the boot, right? So we got a hot-button topic. Everybody's going on uh, with it, uh, and it makes sense because it's an emotional, overwhelming, multifaceted, uh, uh, blown-out-of-the-water, family-impacted topic that has no easy answers. Okay, so so it it should be. Within it, we as the church as individuals and as a fullness, are ambassadors for our daddy, period. And we're not doing a great job of it. In my pastor groups, there's a lot of questions this week, like, how are you encouraging your people on abortion and how they feel about this, how they feel about that? Uh, I'm generally not in the standpoint of me being up here and telling you abortion is right or wrong or talking about fighting for the, the the rights of the baby or fighting for the rights of the mother and being pitted against each other. Um, and I have my reasons for that. I, I, I think uh, it will come when the spirit leads it up. I think it's like homosexuality where it does, we do talk about it. We just got done raising money for Voice of Hope, to, for alternatives, for people that are in successful situations. Um, We're active within it, but I think talking about abortion is a better conversation than it is a monologue, for the most part, because of how much emotion is in it. And and making sure we understand where everybody's coming from, because we all define words differently. We have to understand that if you say abortion is murder, that's a trigger for some people that have had abortions or have extreme guilt on them. At the same standpoint, we have to realize that saying I had an abortion, it was the greatest thing I ever did is a trigger for many people that have had an abortion and are struggling from all perspectives of it. There's, it's just something that's better to converse and, and see where we're all at with it. doesn't mean we won't talk about it. I've, we've got a sermon out there on homosexuality from a 100% love standpoint and a 100% truth standpoint that uh, is our number one seen sermon. We have over 1,200 views on it. Uh, I'm telling you, it took weeks a fasting, and a prayer on that, and I took years of working on it before it came to you. Just because how important and how deep these multifaceted things are. So I'm not going to make that light whatsoever. Those are just some of the reasons why I get into it. Um, I really wish other Christians would have a little humility and um, feel on whether or not they're representing Christ well in this conversation or not. We share memes so quickly. We share worldly points that we think gives us a, a one up on the scoreboard, trying to get other people to agree with us. We talk boldly for God and have never studied it scripturally on what he says about the sanctity of life. We fall into false ways of thinking. This is where I can make some people upset, but roll with me on this. Where we could say things like, well, that's my belief. But not everybody believes this way, so who am I? You are God's ambassador, you are to bring his word, and you are to bring his love into the conversation. We're not to be quiet. I'm not here to beat up anybody because they disagree with me, but I am here to be God's ambassador, find out what my daddy thinks, share his love, and share his truth. Who am I to hide from it? I know good people who have good things to say in the conversation that won't because they're afraid of the backlash. They're afraid of losing friends. They're afraid of getting the conversations that feel too overwhelming and they start to drown. And it's sad because the world needs God's answers in this this world. I'm not saying that we need to legalize Christianity. But what I'm saying is true. That we have to represent our Father. Period. Period. We put things out that are half-truths. I loved that I was going to use her meme because I didn't want to think I was beating her up. But I saw one meme go out this past week that says, you know, the majority of people leave the church because of how hypocritical and biased and prejudiced we are in these type of issues. Matter of fact, it's not, un- it's not, uh, it's not against Christ to do that. It's Christ-like. Listen, Christian, who I love very, 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 very much course it's not the number one reason why people leave church but it is up there and secondly it's not christ-like to leave the church it's just not there's all kinds of problems in the church and he stood up and he talked within them and he got involved with it in a way that was loving and truthful and that's what we do too and you might say well that's splitting hairs but i know that there were people who walked away from church that would read that meme and say yeah yeah we gotta be careful." We gotta be careful. How many people are talking loud right now without getting into the scripture? Have you ever gone into Exodus and see what it says there? The law has now been fulfilled, but the heart is still the same? Well God said that if a man strikes a woman who is pregnant and she recovers, then he is to be fined for the offence. But if the fetus dies, if the baby dies, then you're to put him to death, why? A life for a life. When does life begin? If you have to decide when life begins, and well, you need to find it in the word, because that changes everything in your discussions. Was not Jesus God as a fetus? He became God when he was conceived. The Holy Spirit wasn't there in any different way than he was with any other birth, but he was there for the conception. And you might think, well, that's kind of weak. OK, when was the first time Jesus was worshipped as Messiah? He was a fetus. Who was the first person to do it? A fetus. John the Baptist worshiping Jesus in the womb. We've got to consider that. Don't we? David writes a beautiful, beautiful worship of how God formed him in the womb, and about how he's wonderfully made. And I was reading a commentary from a guy who's not a theologian, but he's a Christian, and he's a doctor, he's a reproductive doctor, and said it blew his mind when he first read that because it perfectly describes many of the acts, the majority of the acts of of us from the time of conception to the time of birth, and they didn't have the medical knowledge to be able to do that. We've got to consider these things. And now, my leftist friends would think, now see, He's all for racism being wiped out. He's, a, he's all abortion is wrong. Listen, I'm not here to be able to choose the rights of the baby and put down the rights of the woman. Actually, you know what? I don't care about the rights. I care about what they need. Well, in America, it's all about the rights. Daddy first. I don't care about the rights. I care about the needs. And can we possibly ever talk about the needs of the baby and not? also the needs of the woman? Why does it have to be either or with us? And can we get crazy and also talk about the needs of the daddies? Who are always betrayed as abusers or deadbeats? And a lot of them are, a lot of them aren't. Can we talk about the needs of everybody? Because you know who cares about all of them? Our daddy. You know who has the truth? Our daddy, you know who the Daddy, and you're saying that's an impossible conversation to have. It's a possible situation to be in. I'm pretty sure that's how Jesus felt when the Pharisees brought up the woman who was caught in adultery in front of a big crowd of people and said, "Do we put her to death or not? You know, everybody in that crowd had different opinions and different views, some from the heart, some from tradition, some from the word. And Jesus bent down, and he drew on the ground, and they kept bugging him, so he stood up and with one sentence flattened the whole situation. Never denied the truth, never denied the love, and they all walked away. You and I need to learn how to kneel down and draw for a couple minutes better. We need to fast. We need to make sure that whatever our beliefs are and how we express them match up to what our Father says and what he would have us to do. I know that we all have different personal experiences. In any of these hot button topics, I have my own personal experience when it comes to abortion. They're all different. They have different reasons. We care about the people that have been hurt and abused. We care about the lives that are still yet to come. Tell me we don't need to be able to fast and be close to God before we enter into the conversation. It's just too hard for you and I to figure it out with a stream of dialogue going back and forth on Facebook or on social media. Great place to go to make sure that your beliefs are in line with the Lord and that you're following him as such. Okay, well, that was fun. Let's do number three, intimacy. Intimacy with God and with others. If you're struggling with intimacy, like we talked about with loneliness earlier, or you feel distant, or you feel like you're always calling out to God, but you never feel him close to him, if you humble yourself with the Lord, he will lift you up. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. It's promises. It's there. If you're going through a tough season, in any way, shape, or form, and you just need to climb up on daddy's lap, fasting is how you climb up on daddy's lap. It's one of the great ways to do it. It's a very powerful way to do it. I talked to so many people alone in this world, and they're trying to fill it with so many different ways, and we were created for one. So why do we not run to him? I know it's kind of obvious, but I'm telling you, if we leaned into it, it'd be so impactful. Let me tell you what fasting does when it comes to power. I'll tell you, talk to you from a church standpoint. After Jesus ascended, after his time here, and after he resurrected from the dead, um, we have the early church. And again, we know we're supposed to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the earth, which is their country, their, their home city. The um, People are different than them in the whole world. And that, if you really read it, was bumpy. God had to intervene several times to get them to get going. And part of the struggle within that, as we talked about a billion times before, was Gentiles. All Gentiles grafted into the to the family through Jesus Christ, or are they not? Because we've always been God's chosen people. A lot of prejudice, a lot of racism within it. And then we come to the story that we've talked about, again, several times, of Peter being on the roof of the Tanner, and he's up there and has the vision of the animals in the net coming up and down, and then he's called to Cornelius' house, which is a house of Gentiles, and he can't figure out what he's doing there, and they're like, God told us you needed to be here, preacher. Well, I guess I'll preach about Jesus. Duh, right? And so he does, and next thing you know, the Holy Spirit moves, and they all uh, accept Jesus as leader, forgiven their lives, are baptized with the Holy Spirit. The whole place is rocking, and Peter's like, wow, that's incredible. And it's the start of the Gentile movement. It's the start of the Gentile movement. All of it started when you read it in Acts 10 with Peter who was on the roof praying and fasting. Dad, I don't understand how all this works. I don't want to say. He was in the middle of blood and carcasses of a tanner's house saying, I'm comfortable with this, but I don't understand what you're talking about with these animals and that nothing is unclean, and I have been struggling with Gentiles being unclean. It, It started with prayer and fasting. It wouldn't have happened, at least in that way, in that moment, and with his testimony without prayer and fasting. It changed. Everything from that Gentile movement, they you saw going out and they uh, were growing Gentile churches as well as Jewish and intermixed uh, synagogues. And uh, probably the the, the one that that I like the best, if you want to do a really good study, is do a study on the church of Antioch. Um, I think we're like Acts 13, 14, 13. And it was a multi racial, uh, cultural uh, church of Gentiles that was powers on the move. They end up sending Barnabas. Uh, who was one of the right-hand men of the the apostles? Who was phenomenal? Of fact, his name actually wasn't Barnabas. Barnabas was, means a coadjutor, and the apostles said, "Dude." I don't know, what's his name, Sydney. Sydney, we're going to start calling you Barnabas because you're such an encourager. We love you. Can you go check this out? And he went and he fell in love with it and what the Holy Spirit was doing in this Gentile church. And he went out and got a a buddy to help him. Most people didn't want anything to do with it because they're still struggling Gentiles. But but Paul, he used to be Saul. Nobody wanted to work with him because he was a persecutor that's now redeemed. The goes, come on over here, we got some work to do. And it's incredible what they did, what the Holy Spirit did in that church. And then there was one day that the church took and commissioned and anointed and called Barnabas and Paul, their beloved leaders, to leave and become missionaries and start building other churches and other communities. That had never happened before. They're the first missionaries, period. And they went out and did two incredible incredible years and years long worth mission work to establish the church in those areas and those, those countries around it. And you know how it started, that meeting? They got together so they could pray and fast and seek God. And God said, set those two apart for this, this role. And you know what they did then? They prayed and they fasted more before they sent him out. Prayer changes everything. Fasting changes everything. God changes everything. And that is fully accessible to you as an ambassador of the Lord. And we need to seek into it more.
0: If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast, or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.